Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 201. That's right. We have crossed the threshold uh, of our bi- bicentennial episode, which was great. Um, a lot of great questions were asked of yours truly. Uh, some of them were very challenging, uh, but it was great. It was really great. Uh, we love you guys and the community that's that's a part of this show, uh, podcast slash podcast. Um, today is Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. Uh, especially if you're new here, we stream to four glorious locations. That's Elijah Fire on YouTube, Elijah Fire on Twitch, Elijah Fire on Facebook, and Elijah Fire on Rumble. So if you're watching on Rumble or you're watching on YouTube, and you are not yet subscribed, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And of course, like this video, ring that bell notification uh, if you're watching on YouTube so you never miss a moment that we go live, which is Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. That's five days worth of Elijah Fire content you don't want to miss out on. And if you're like, you know what? My notes just fell down. You're like, you know what? That's it, guys. That's how the sausage is made right here. I have a little post-it right next to my camera. So that doesn't look like I'm reading notes, but totally that was my tell right there. Um, today's a numbered episode. It's episode 121, which means that by tomorrow morning, Mariah will have uploaded this very episode onto our podcast platforms, which are Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. So if audio only is your preferred method to take in. And for a lot of you, audio only is because it's happening over in the podcast avenue for Elijah Fire, which is really exciting to see. Um, uh, so yeah, you have, uh, you have that as your option by tomorrow morning, you'll have 201 episodes of Elijah fire that you can feast on There's some great, great episodes in there. Um, also anytime you guys donate to elijahfirecom slash donate, all proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts, uh, in the back. We've got four people backstage right now, uh, which is great. Um, but we also take a portion of every single donation and we funnel it into our partnership with show mercy international. They're doing amazing work over in Uganda, digging freshwater wells, a new water well every three days. And we actually just got a fresh update from a pastor over in a village in Uganda. And he's got a testimony of what's been going on over there. So we're going to play that video really quick and then we're going to get going. This is amazing. Can't imagine how people are happy because of your love and your generosity to provide the clean water. People are dancing. People are happy. Elijah streams. This is a great blessing. These people have not had clean water over, over, over this whole place. But through your generosity, see the joy, see the dancing. I am commissioning this for all on behalf of Elijah streams. See the impact. See the, how people are happy. See how people are celebrating. Oh my, God bless you. And this village is a big village with a big population. I pray that as the Lord continues to provide, they will have another power hall because the population is very, very big. But you see the joy. Oh my, God bless you and bless you indeed. Again, thank you guys so much for your generosity. That has made that possible. Uh, and that's to, you guys are to thank. Also, fun fact about that village specifically, it was recommended to us by an Elijah Streams viewer. So that's just really cool. Uh, 
Yeah. Awesome. So cool. All right. Speaking of so cool, my guest today, uh, it's been a hot minute since I've had this guy on uh, and we've tried. He's busy. Uh, and so I'm so, so excited to have him back on the show. Uh, he's an author. He's an evangelist. He's a speaker. Uh, he does a lot of stuff over in the Middle East. We're going to be talking a lot about that. He's also the host of the fantastic podcast, Radical Radio with Robbie Dawkins. Let's give it up for my guest today, Robbie Dawkins. Robbie! I love that intro. Isn't it fun? So fun, <laughs> That's man. amazing. Love it, yeah. It was just one of those ideas I had. And I was like, I got, I have to do it. I have to do that'll it. Get, that'll get my kids to watch this show. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, totally. All right, well, how are you, man? It, it, like I said, it's been like, I think, over a year since you've been on, and you've, a lot's been going on. Lots yeah, I, I thought I was in trouble. Um, thought you just didn't want me anymore. No, <laughs> no. no, we've been we've we've been really busy. A lot of a lot of stuff has been going on. It's easy. Yeah. It's easier for me to explain you, Jeff. But it, it, it yeah, is there you on, go. I, it okay. is on us. Uh, no, a lot of a lot of great things happening. I'm sure we'll be able to talk about a little bit of that at some point in here. But uh, but doing good. I I've been uh, getting some rest lately uh, and focusing on those podcasts that you mentioned. That that's been able to uh, permit me to kind of uh, actually catch up on sleep, mm. <laughs> which uh, has been very needed. So so I'm re I'm rested and ready to go. So come it's on, come on. Well, let's talk about that really quick because that'll kind of segue into a lot of your conversations that you've had with like Stan Stan Frisbee mm -hmm. um, and other things because I think that's a those are really important notes to hit. But how did the whole Radical Radio podcast come about? What was that? What was that whole process like? Yeah, you know, uh, it's interesting. My uh, daughter-in-law came to me. Um, and my, well, let me back up before that. Uh, two of my sons came to me and they were like, you know, dad, you're really behind the times. You got to do a podcast, you know, like people want to hear you. They want to hear more uh, dialogue, you know, do it on stuff other than what you normally do. You can hit on the stuff you normally do, but, you know, people want to know your thoughts about things. They want to know and they want to, you know, they want to hear you have dialogues with people that, you know, that, that you're interested in talking to and that, and why, you know, and uh, people are curious about that. And so um, I put it off and then uh, my operations manager came and said, you know, we really got to do this podcast thing. Uh, you know, um, my uh, a friend of mine, a comedian uh, named Tim Hawkins was like, dude, when are you going to do a podcast? You know, I mean, several people were going, what's wrong with you? You know, and then uh, my daughter-in-law finally came to me and said, hey, I, I've got a I've got an idea of a way to do this. And, 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 and I, and I was, you know, uh, several of the podcasts I was listening to a lot of people that are ministers, they, they, they'll take and they'll throw sermons out that they did from the previous Sunday or uh, different, different ways, which is all good. Sure. Um, but I, 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 there were topics that I just feel felt like we really weren't talking about. Um, and I felt like that uh, a lot of the Christian media, you know, wasn't hitting on and and um, and wasn't addressing, um, you know, I wanted to be I mean, you guys have been very vocal, you know, and and other ones that I've been a part of guests on have been very vocal, you know, speaking into the, you know, mountain of the political mountain and, and things like that. And, and you know, I, um, you know, of course, uh, fr friends like 
Lance Wall now and Mario yeah. Murillo. They were they they were all going, man, you know. And so anyway, when we um when we when we went through the lockdown, uh Mario Murillo and I did a, a thing uh, called Sunday Night Church. And honestly, we were doing it as an outlet for he and I. I mean, he was somebody I looked up to for years when I was a youth pastor. He, his ministry really impacted me. And so um, and, and influenced a lot of my early on you yeah. know, stuff. And so uh, I just reached out to him. I said, hey, you know, I got an idea. What if we just did like a Sunday night regular thing and just call it Sunday night church, you know? And he's like, you know, I got nothing else to do like you. Let's do it. You know, and it, it was kind of to give ourselves a little bit of ministry outlet. And it just it went well. It mm. did. It did way better than I thought it would, um, you know, and there it just caught a lot of traction. Of course, most of the stuff we were speaking to was, you know, a lot of the covid stuff and a lot of the political stuff yeah. and, you know, pastors getting thrown in jail and churches being shut down and, you know, um, kind of just speaking out and going, you know, what's wrong with that? Why are we doing that? Why are we? Complaining? It was such a crazy time, man. Yeah, it was, <laughs> you know, and, and I was sympathetic, you know, to, I was sympathetic to pastors who were genuinely con concerned for the congregation. And, you know, cause I pastored for seven. It's part of a pastor's years. job, tend to the flock. Yeah. You know, you, know, you want to yeah. protect the flock, you know, but at the same time I'm sitting here going, this isn't passing the sniff test, man. Right, you know? I was say, this, it's a little stinky. Yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then all the, the major push on the vaccines and everything. It just was like, I, it was, it was kind of provoking me more and more. And, and obviously I'm not a shy away from provocative right. things. You're not going to roll so, over. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, so kind of with that, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm taking longer to explain. That. No, it's all good, <laughs> man. Know? Me, Jeff, you ask one question, you'll get an answer. If I, I know. Don't. See, that's why I like that. You know, <laughs> right? I never have an interview or complain that I give to. Yeah, no, it's plenty of material. Yeah, much information. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so uh, after that, kind of that, you know, kind of when we both started traveling again and started ministering again, you know, Mario bowed out, and you know, but, and he had other he had other things going on. He had sure. his own podcast. Well, he had not started a podcast till that, and then he launched one. And, and which I'm really happy for. I'm happy for, it's done really well for him. And so, but I still wasn't doing one. So, um, so then my daughter-in-law came to me and said, Hey, I've got a great idea. And, and I think, I think we, you know, she said, let me take this on, let me help build it. Um, and like I said, I had parts of my staff that had been pushing for that. And then, you know, personal friends and family that were pushing for it. So anyway, so we just, we were like, okay. I said, but if we do it, we're not going to just go with the normal topics. You know, I said, we got to go, you know, we got to make it, we got to put it out there. And I said, you know, I said, this isn't a podcast that's going to be the, you know, the normal thing. I said, we got to really make it radical. And she goes, well, let's call it that. And I said, call it what? And she goes, well, why don't, why don't we just call it radical radio? And I was like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. So I wish I could take a credit for everything that's gone yeah, on. So that's with part of it though, man. Yes, it's part like of it, that but, synergy but, is so, oh, it's actually fun, you know? It is. Because then and you I'm have other people. Player. Yeah. And the people, other people have, have stake in it then. And then they care about it and they, they care about it just as much. And then, you know, you being the leader, you being the host, you know, or whatever it is you still do that, but you have other people that it's easier to lead people when they feel like they have, you know, a responsibility with this thing too. 
And, and people need to know, people watching, they, they really need to know how much work you, Jeff, put into this and mm. Illumination and, mm -hmm. and your whole team, yeah. uh, you know, how much Emily, Eric, all what, what you guys are all investing in and doing. I mean, this is not a, a it's not a small task. It's right. a lot of work that goes into these and uh, people don't. It, people just don't realize it's it really is a lot of work and so yeah. well done on your part you no, know thank with, you you too robbie you too oh, thank you. well and oh. there's a whole other element though of it too because it's not just like i i talk about this on the show intermittently but um there's a whole other element that actually caught me off guard when i was initially working on elijah streams before i transitioned over elijah fire and it's just honestly just transitioned over to elijah fire as well but it's the whole spiritual warfare aspect which has been really uh surprising uh it was really surprising to me at first i'm like really like live streaming okay you know but i mean it's just where we're at you know and um yeah i can have i, I can also experience spiritual warfare days leading up to and days after an episode any given episode um yeah. it's, it's not 10 out of 10 times that that happens but it does happen you know being aware and and conditioning myself and making sure that i'm spending time in the secret place and staying full because yeah. of the nature of some of the topics we hit on. And I right. can imagine even more so for you, because that's the thing I love about this podcast um, that you're doing, Robbie, is that you hit, there are blacklist messages in churches. Mm -hmm. Okay. We don't talk about this because we want people to still come to our church. And you're like, yeah, we want to, I want to talk about those, you know, and that's yeah. what I love. Cause it's so, we need to talk about this stuff. We yeah. have to, you know, and yeah. what, was there any trepidation for you or were you, I mean, probably not. Cause you, you're the guy that wore the Jesus is God shirt. There it is. Yep. <laughs> and in English. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, the, the only trepidation of it, it, it certainly wasn't over the concern about the warfare part because Honestly, I'm at the place in my team, I've finally gotten them sort of to the place that if there's not pushback, if there's not resistance, if we're not meeting with a certain level of warfare, we're questioning, should we even do it? Mm. Um, because uh, we're like, you know, are we doing what the Lord wants us to do if we're not getting, you know, if we're not really ticking the enemy off and, mm -hmm. and he's not, you know, throwing crap at us and mm -hmm. giving us trouble for stuff, then are we really hitting the mark? That's that's kind of where we're at now is, is you know, in that place. And so what what we've what we've done is um is is you know and we have you know we, we i'm sure as you do and and uh the elijah list you know does we've got you know a group of intercessors mm -hmm. that pull us up and uh, an incredible lady out in michigan named shelby doll who heads up our intercessors and and prays for us intercedes for us constantly um and it's a it's a it's a big job you know yeah. Because we've constantly got things going on and and continue still moving Afghans out of Afghanistan and mm -hmm. and uh, doing lots of things like that and so uh, there's a there's a there's a lot of opposition there's a lot of a lot of warfare that goes against it so it, it but but that's the again that's not the part that kind of uh, intimidates us if, if that's not happening we're going is this God yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, but kind of more from the standpoint of going, um, you know, kind of me personally going is, is am I going to be relevant in this? Am I going to do, you know, I've never, 
I've hosted a few things, you know, during the shutdown, as I mentioned, um, but haven't, you know, done it to this level to where it was something regular, something we were putting out, something we were putting on, you know, all these platforms, you know. Um, and so it, it was um, it was just more, you know, I, I, I would say, you know, another thing that people don't aren't aware of that you go through um you know, we, we don't like to talk about this in ministry, but but is the aspect, the the warfare aspect of jealousy of other yeah. people being jealous and oh, yeah. people that, that we care about, people that we love, people that are close to us or people that are friends or so-called friends that, uh, you know, get upset and get jealous of what's happening. And, you know, they say it's other things, but really what it boils down to is it can be just jealousy. Mm-hmm. And that's been, you know, that's always been a surprising one to me, but, but it's very much a reality and, and it, and it, uh, and, and that, you know, it, it, it's a very real thing. And it really, it really is something that if you care about relationships, you know, you care about that kind of yeah, stuff absolutely. and that's hard. And yeah. so, but yeah, the only thing that, the, the only thing that was cautious on it was, you know, okay you know, having had some experience in this and obviously, you know, with the, the documentaries I've been a part of and things like that, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, being in front of the camera is not a, it doesn't, that doesn't make me nervous at all. Sure. You know? uh, that doesn't concern me in the slightest. Uh, getting up in front of people doesn't concern me. I've yeah. never, I, I can't remember honestly in anything like that. The last time I was nervous. Um, I remember we were going on, when I was going on stage at Azusa now, um, my PA looked at me and said, are you nervous? You know? And I was like, I don't remember being nervous. Ever, you, know? <laughs> you do enough stuff to where that you're like, you know, it just, it, you just don't feel that anymore. Yeah. Everything. And so more from the standpoint was just going, I want to make sure we're relevant. I want to make sure we're hitting things that are, that, that people care about, that's going to speak, then it also going to bring people freedom. And a lot of our topics, you know, we're addressing what one we're on now is uh, toxic leadership. And yeah. Toxic it's so good, man. Yeah. And, and, so and you know, and it, trying to speak to it from a person who did pastor, you know, for, uh, you know, almost 30 years uh, in pastoral ministry, you know, and, and can understand, you know, the, the pitfalls of that, the traps of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sympathetic to people that move into it, you know, but it's also a warfare piece of of that comes against us in, in that area of ministry. Well, and so, you also, yeah, and you also said, um, you know, before the show, you were saying that later in that episode, the one that just released, um, and everybody, there's a link in the description to to it um, as well, so you can go, go watch it, but um, was that you even recognized areas where you you may have operated in that and i think that's an appropriate when we're we're addressing these things if there is confession that needs to take place having the humility to show that transparency or show an area where you failed in i think that this is really important because we've had so much harm done within the church because we're too afraid to show that and it goes a long way the lie yeah. is that it's not going to do anything and people are going to think less of you and they're going to hate you. And maybe there's going to be people that are operating a religious spirit and they do operate, but you, you can't control how they're going to respond. But most people are going to be like, okay, I don't need to be so hard on myself that I did it either because Robbie went through this. Oh, or yeah. went through that. 
You know, one of one of the th- I was doing an interview uh, with my son. There was a um, documentary coming out soon called the Ident- I think it's called the Identity Project. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com/give. That um, uh, that we were being interviewed for, and one of the highest compliments that that I've ever been paid. My oldest son. They were interviewing uh, him and asked him at one point, they said, you know, what's the thing that you admire most about your dad? You know, and of course, I think the 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 interviewer was expecting the standard, you know, oh, he does a lot of cool stuff in ministry or he's had you know some success and, you know, one or two areas of ministry, whatever. Um, But thank God he complimented me in an area that was far greater than that to me, at least personally. He said, well, one thing I've always appreciated about my dad is that is that when he screwed up, when he made mistakes, he would he would really quick. Once he saw it, he was quick to come and say, hey, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? You know, I really mishandled that. I really didn't behave properly. I didn't I didn't act right. And I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I really did not uh, handle that well. I didn't model for you well, you know, wow. the way to do that. And he said and and in doing that, he actually modeled for me well. You know, and and I tell you, Jeff, that was the biggest compliment as a parent, as a father that I think I could ever receive, you know, uh, being able to stop and say, hey, I'm sorry, I was wrong, you know, and I, I, I blew that. Um, and you know, it, I, I'll never forget when Jim Baker's book came out eons ago titled, I was wrong. I remember, um, when I saw that I, I, you know, some people were going, wow, what a, horrible title for a book. What a horror. I mean, you, you're kind of giving everything away right there mm-hmm. on the title. And I just remember going, wow, what a leader, mm-hmm. you know, um, that, that models for us to be able to admit and say, Hey, I blew it. You know, I was out of yeah. line and I was wrong in that. And so from that point on stopping and seeing that and seeing areas of toxicity, uh, in, in my leadership where, where I allowed my insecurity to lead the moment. Oh, dude other than wisdom, you know, guilty as charged, man. And, you know, people don't realize how, how, you know, many of us public figures are incredibly insecure people Mm. and that there's, I don't care how confident you come off. uh, There's a, there's a high level of, of, you know, insecurity that's in us. I do believe that keeps us sensitive to the Holy spirit. Oh, absolutely. It's just leaning in on the Lord and keeps us going. Lord and saying, man, I need you. And I need you to speak into me. I need your presence. I need your, I need a fresh touch. I need, you know, I, I need you to wash me clean and, and restore me and renew me Yeah, I'm on track. You know, I mean, it, it keeps us leaning into the presence of God. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, it's a good thing when we see it uh, versus, you know, uh, when we, when we deny it, but, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's again, that's, that's one of the greatest things that, you know, I could, I heard from my son and I was so that's, that's a huge one, man, right there. And honestly too, I, I would have to 100% agree. I mean, being out in, in any kind of public fashion, uh, you're met with any level of scrutiny. I don't care how perfectly you curate how you say and how careful you are. Someone is going to take an issue with it. Um, And I, and I have a kind of a fun jokey way of describing that, um, that, that gives illustrates the point that it's uh don't get hung up on those things especially if you're you're operating in your um 
your vein and what God has for you. But I always say there's always someone who doesn't like Star Wars. And and so for me, I, I think it's great. But and it, the, the idea of someone not liking Star Wars is absurd to me. I'm like, it's great. It's fun. You know, but um, but it illustrates the point that you're going to have someone that's going to disagree. Yeah. Even if you are locked in, you're like, nope, I found 100 percent truth. I, you know, on this, this specific opinion or whatever, and everyone's going to agree because my argument is so airtight and you're always going to fight somebody with a counter argument or a critique, but it always, I always go back to, um, Galatians chapter one verses, uh, verse 10. It says, am I, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So yeah, we're, we do have insecurities. Uh, everybody has some, right? Yeah. And so when you get to that level of being faced with that scrutiny or critique or whatever, and it gets you just right, I always fall back on that verse where I'm like, yeah, okay, God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, you know, and, and so many times, you know, too, I mean, we want to, you know, we wish we could not make those mistakes or not, or, yeah. you know, if it's a mistake or if it is a mistake, you know. One of the things that I remember so well was, um, you know, John Wimber, you know, as you mentioned, I pastored a vineyard church. Uh, and I remember John Wimber making a comment, uh, and actually he did a whole session on it, uh, talking about not being, uh, not being derailed or distracted with negativity or negative people. And basically his response was just don't respond. You know, just yeah. don't respond to it. Don't, 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 fe don't feed it by giving it attention. You know, it was like, just don't give it, don't give it attention. And I mean, now there is a p aspect of it to where that you, you also want to make sure that when people are confronting you and they want to take the heart, what they're saying, you know, because it could be something God's putting his finger on. And I mean, that's, I think, where the, you know, with the topic that we're on now with the Radical Radio, with uh, toxic, you know, pastors, toxic leaders, is uh, to stop and to not just write those things off, but really stop and say, and, and uh, uh, I remember he personally said to me, he said, you know, with each situation or accusation that's brought, I immediately stop and pause and say, Holy Spirit, is there any truth to that? Yeah, man. And is there anything that I need to? And he goes, I don't accept just the accusation as it is. He goes, but I just stop and I say, is there any truth to that? And what what do you want to put your finger on in my life that where that I take a look at and see that and respond to that? Wow. And man, that was just such a powerful response to me. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, with with any sort of uh, attention that you get any sort of platform that you get, there's a massive amount of pushback and people, again, jealousy, it can come from other ministers with jealousy. It can also come from, you know, people that just don't like you or they just don't like what you're talking about, or they don't like the fact that you're pointing it out. Um, you know, that they, they respond, but always stopping and, and saying, okay, Lord, but, but is there anything in this that I need to hear? Yeah. Is there any truth in this that, that, that I need to hear and that I need to, you know, evaluate and weigh. Um, yeah. I don't want to buy the accusation of the enemy. I don't want to fall prey to that. But I do want to properly give attention to things that the Lord is saying, hey, Robbie, pay attention to this. This needs to be addressed. Man, that's huge, though, because I'm reminded of something that happened. I was leading a team in China, and um, it was going well. Uh, you know, we were doing a lot of friendship evangelism. We were going to, like, different uh, universities and just – 
it was great. Um, but there was also um, some members of my team who were very much into like mercy ministry. So like acts of service and, and that right. kind of stuff. Um, and that's great. Um, and I could tell, maybe it was my discernment kicking in. I could tell there was some, uh, some talking behind my back about frustrations with that. So one of the girls, she came to me uh, and I remember it just like, it was one of those moments that stamped in my brain because of how I responded because she was like, she came to me like really upset. We're a mercy ministry team, you know, and we're not doing this and we're not doing this. And I remember just being like, feeling the Holy Spirit, just saying, stay calm, listen to what she's saying. And so I did. And I was like, okay. I was like, how would you do things differently? And so she yeah. was like, she was really taken, like caught off guard because I had an opportunity because she came at me like cranked up to 11, right? So the temptation was to meet it with the same level of intensity. But instead I was like, thank you for pointing that out. How would you do it differently? And then she was really derailed by that. But then we ended up working together and creating different things that we could do to help facilitate that, that desire within the team. Cause I was like, as a leader, you're not going to know everything. And even with discernment, even with God yeah. speaking to you, you're not going to know everything and, and yeah. bringing people in and allowing them to come in to this as well is really important. Um, and it went a long way in that team uh, because when you're on a team like that and you're in a foreign country, there's already, Satan doesn't want you there. You're in, right. we're in China. Satan didn't want us there, especially yeah. with what the stuff we were doing. He did not want us there. So the temptation is to like, just don't take the bait. I think is really, right. really it. So, you know, yeah. that's, that's, that's so, that's so such a mature response that you, that you did to, to stop and just listen. And, and so many times, a lot of people don't realize that'll resolve it. You know, people yeah. just want to know that they're heard. They want to know that their, that their voice counts, that they're, you know, that what they, what they communicate, you know, uh, counts and, and, and says, I remember when people would come to me and saying, you know, well, if you were properly leading this church, you would do this and this and this. And I'm like, Hey, let's plant you, you know, let's put you out. Let's you, you plant the church. I'll help you, you know, because I would immediately stop and say to him, you know, what you're, you're getting a sense of how to do something. Well, when you're leading that group, you can do it that way, yeah. you know, and, and, simply giving people that, that ear to just, first of all, to be heard. Yeah. And I have to work at that. Cause I'm like, like you said, I mean, I, I remember one of my counselors, uh, like some, a, a woman who was counseling me and, mm -hmm. and processing through some painful experiences and stuff. Uh, to, she talked about reactionary sin and I was like, Ooh, just that title sort of punched me in the gut. And I'm like, yeah, I think I've got some of that going on. <laughs> Reactionary sin, you know, where you just sort of react rather than mm -hmm. uh, rather than really hear it, rather than yeah. really stop and, and weigh it, and and you know, uh, I, I'm I'm growing in that. I wish I could mm -hmm. say I've conquered it, but I haven't. But I'm growing in that area, and I think that's that's uh, such a significant part, you know, to to understand and in order to develop it. But giving space for you know for people to to approach and to say things, I think is is the the best fix of any of any of that type of stuff. But at the same time, 
things that are just critical, you know, things that are just, you know, a, a lot of my team, you know, it's really funny, Jeff, because a lot of my team on my social media stuff, they want to pull off these negative comments. And I'm like, if there's not, you know, expletives in there, you know, if there's not like severe language in there or something, I'm like, leave it up. Let mm. people see it. Um, we kind of want to spare. We, we don't want to be the recipients of those type of comments or things like that. But we kind of have a tendency to rescue our ministry or our platform from it. But for me, I, I've, I've been like, yeah, let's leave it up. Let's let people, yeah. see let's people, you know, and, and let other people respond if they see fit, mm-hmm. you know, or just let people see, hey, this is, these are the kind of shots you get when you've got this kind of influence, you know, and indeed, I think it's indeed you do. Yeah. Yes, Ravi. So let's, this is a great kind of segue though, to talk about, you had Stan Frisbee, the, the, um, brother of Lonnie Frisbee, yep. um, on your podcast. And it was a great conversation. Um, and you know, uh, the Jesus revolution movie I've talked about, I thought it was great. I cried. I thought it was awesome. I think there's a lot of good that was done through Chuck Smith and, and all that, but there's also kind of another story. And I think that um, I will say that I think obviously it was Greg Laurie's perspective of what happened. Um, and it was mentored I, by Chuck Smith, yeah, by Chuck Smith. So, yeah. of course, he, you know, he, he he's gonna make Chuck the hero of the of the of the Jesus revolution, he's gonna yeah. that in, in that. But, but I, there's but always I, another story. There's always another yeah, side of the story. Yeah. He, he, he did, you know, and, and I loved it too. Uh, there were several points in there. I cried. I, of course, I love the fact that they, um, that they, you know, had Lonnie praying with uh, Greg uh, to accept Christ, that you're hearing this prayer, that people that are watching it can hear it, take it in. Um, it's a great piece. I, I, I thank God that, you know, Greg invested, I think it cost 15 million to make that made that investment. Uh, they definitely uh, made it back. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, within the first weekend. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and thank yeah. God. And I pray that it goes on to prosper even further because yeah, it's definitely getting the gospel out. But, but obviously as I'm sitting there and it's funny because while I was in the theater, uh, Stan called. Um, and he had not seen it. I was at a kind of a pre preview, um, and, and he had not seen it. And so, uh, he, he called, uh, right at the time. And I really see it as the Lord, uh, because, uh, immediately I, I said, Hey, Stan, I said, I'm, I'm literally having to go, Hey, Stan, I'm in the theater right now. You know, let me call you back. You know, you're one of we, those people, Robbie. Yeah, I am one of those people. I, uh, ushers are always telling me, turn your phone off. Yeah. You know, lights bothering people. But um, I, I went to uh, I immediately when I was done, I called Stan and I said, hey, and I, I just felt prompted of the Holy Spirit. And, and Stan's not been in front of the camera that much. Uh, he's not, that's not a, he's not, you know, a public creature. He has a, a house group. He does a lot of training in the prophetic. Uh, Stan has a, has a real seer's gift. Uh, oh, you really? Know, your, okay. your audience would understand that. Yeah. Uh, and in that, in that, in the prophetic realm. And, you know, uh, James Gall, I think has been a massive, in, who's a, you know, uh, probably one of the, to me, one of the preeminent seers. Of oh our yeah, time. man. Um, you know, and, uh, but anyway, he, 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 uh, he, he immediately, uh, I told him, I said, I said, I've got to fly you out here to Dallas. I said, you know, can you come this weekend? You know, I said, I want to get a podcast, 
a couple of podcasts with you. And uh, he's so graciously, he's a retired firefighter. And so he so graciously came and, and it was, uh, it was one of those things where I needed to get, you know, for everybody to hear from somebody, you know, who obviously was very close to Lonnie, especially in early years, uh, to be able to address some of the topics and some of the things yeah. uh, that were being said about Lonnie, but also address, you know, what was that picture really like? Uh, and, and of the early, early Calvary Chapel, you know, m- moving out of the Foursquare movement into its own uh, denomination. Or I don't think they like being called a denomination, but they clearly operate as one. Yeah. Um, and so um, it, it, to, to, to really kind of address some of that. And I knew a lot of that from having watched, you know, uh, some other media pieces on uh, Lonnie. Uh, and then also knowing many of Lonnie's personal friends, people who uh, Roger Sachs, who wrote the three books on Lonnie, um, you know, and and, uh, you know, other people, John Rudkay, who's another person I did a podcast with, but just kind of capturing, OK, what what really took place here? And and what was sad about that, if I can speak to this, is mm-hmm. um, is that, you know, Lonnie early Chuck was very open for Lonnie and, and part of it was because Chuck's mind had just been blown yeah <laughs> this influx of these hippies I mean Chuck was on the verge uh, a a counselor of Chuck's called me um and told me he said I was counseling Chuck at that time and he was he was he was going to quit the ministry and I think mm-hmm. Chuck admitted that multiple times later that at that point he was like I'm not successful couldn't gather 100 people uh in my church I mean literally the numbers they're showing on the screen are 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 the numbers of wow. what his chapel church looked like they were very very small and very minimal he it, he was having hardly any impact in the community at all until meeting Lonnie. And uh, that changed everything. And, you know, that church within three months went to a thousand people, um, you know, from only having like 25 or 35, Mm. um, you know, and it just blew up. But the thing that they didn't put in there, I wish they had, was that Kay uh, Smith, uh, Chuck's wife, gave a prophetic word to Lonnie and Connie the first night that uh, Lonnie preached at Calvary Chapel. And she prophesied that God was going to bless the entire West Coast by Lonnie being there and by the ministry and the anointing that was on Lonnie's life. Now, Kay Smith, Chuck's wife, prophesied that, gave that as a prophetic word. Now, in, Which is uncommon know, in Calvary Chapel, by the way, everybody. I was in Calvary Chapel. It is very you will not you will not see that happen today. You won't no. see that take place today. You won't see any any prophetic type of uh, words like that being given. You know, in in Calvary Chapel today. Now, after Chuck, you know, what was really interesting, Jeff, is after Chuck passed away, I started seeing a bunch of Calvary Chapel pastors show up at my meetings. Um, and start circling and asking questions and going, you know, it was almost like once Chuck, when Chuck was there, they didn't feel the liberty to do it. But then once he had passed, they were like, I, I, now I want to know. Hmm. And a lot of Calvary uh, Chapel people started showing up at my meetings and asking tons. Of, there's a couple of them I'm still men- have a mentor relationship with today where they're asking. I mean, I, I, they would never have me come preach at their church. 
but they, Yet. they, they they're asking <laughs> tons of questions and they're learning and they're growing in, yeah. in signs and wonders. And I thank God for that. Whatever role I can play and serve in, I'm happy sure. to do. I don't, yeah. I don't have to preach in their church. But the 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 point of it was was that something something shifted. But Chuck's uh, Chuck was trying to move because of so much. The, the frustrating thing with me about the movie was they did not show one person being healed. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. I thought that was interesting. They imply it, but it's not like... They you, don't show it. Yeah, and, but and you can like leave really it. It's really open to interpretation. And Greg knows better. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Greg Laurie, I got to call you out, brother. You know better than that because you were there. You were watching it happen. Mm-hmm. And there were tons of miracles, tons of signs and wonders. I don't think it would fit, you know, with the narrative of what he was trying to, to relay in that in that piece. And, and you know, Greg, every, God bless Greg. He's so committed to the gospel mm-hmm. and the preaching of the gospel. Um, but, uh, you know, signs and wonders, we can't, we can't. X out acts, you know, it's right. there prominent. It's the, it's, it's, it's what's winning the Muslim world. It's what yeah. made Iran the fastest growing church in the world and was Afghanistan. The second fastest was signs and wonders. And so it, it was, but what happened was, is that because so much started happening, I mean, Chuck at one point even threatened Lonnie. If one more person falls out in the spirit, you're fired. And he was he was uh, threatening to fire Lonnie if one and Lonnie was literally having to hold people by their hair and by their collars to keep them from falling out mm. because he was so afraid of losing his job, you know. Mm. And uh, on and on and on it, it went, where that finally they ended up calling it afterglow, where they only would allow Lonnie and others to pray for people for healing or for anything behind a curtain they held that afterglow and they put it wow. behind the curtain it's interesting and this really disturbed me at one of the national conference when i was part of the vineyard um and and it was i believe it was the second to the last national conference i attended in the vineyard was that the then uh national uh director wanted to call he wanted to have ministry time happen 30 minutes after the sessions and he wanted to call them Afterglow. Okay. And I immediately wrote all the board members and said, this can't happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is this can't happen because this is the very thing. John Wimber would roll over in his grave knowing that we were doing that at that time. Mm-hmm. And I was very disturbed about that because that was that was a that was being done out of shame of signs and wonders. And here's yeah. the thing, you know, people have to realize the seriousness of that. When you do that, you're putting your hand to the ark and you're steadying the presence of God going, you're getting a little out of hand. Yeah, man, that's now look what happened to the dude who did that in the Old Testament. Yeah, you don't want to be on the business end of that exactly. whole thing, you know. Thank God, Obed Edom you know, opened his home and said, Hey, bring that ark over here. Let's put that in my house. And then David saw how crazily best Obed-Edom was, you know, for housing the presence and letting it do what it does. Yeah, man. And uh, that's, that's a teaching point right there. But, you know, we, we've, we've become so under the banner of trying to protect people 
who are we protecting them for when we do or from when we do that? Yeah. We're protecting them from the very source itself. That's a very dangerous place that you get in when you think you got to protect people from God. And See, that's, that's it. And I often reference Robbie, you talked about, you, you know, your experience um, of what, of which there's much in the Muslim world. And you're saying, you know, apologetics, I'm not against apologetics. You can get wherever Paul That's himself right. would even go to synagogues. He's like, I'm going to jam with the Jews there. We're going to talk about, the gospel, you know? but, yeah. um, but um, you're saying you can cut through a lot just by signs and wonders. And I think you could, uh, you could say that about any culture um, of just praying for people. And, but here's the thing that I noticed, man, about, you know, again, my, my early Christian years, 18, 19, 20, 21, um, in Calvary chapel. Um, the thing that I noticed is they talk about all this stuff. They talk about the gifts. They talk about those things, the Holy spirit, but they use the word as a gate to that stuff. So, and it's sometimes I'm not sure it's entirely, they're entirely aware of it, but some people might be. But they they're like, we stand on the word, we stand on the word, but they use the word as a gate to those signs and wonders to actually. And so God completely bypassed that with me. And I would like be talking to my youth pastor. I'm like, man, like I'm experiencing like some crazy stuff. And he's like, oh, we don't, you know, I, you just got to be careful when you do stuff like that. And I was so confused. I was like, why? Like uh, Jesus said to do this. So I, it's better to embrace all of that and stand on the word versus using the word as a gate to that other stuff. So, yeah. John Wimber used to say, you know, and, 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 you know, get back to it, get back to some of the stuff John was doing, get back to your place and be the, the, not just the words of Jesus, but the works of Jesus Come on. Get back yeah. in your place. That's where you belong and don't get away from it again. But not said about that. But what the problem is, the problem is, is this, is that all of a sudden we get into this place and here's what I believe happens. This is where I believe Chuck was. Chuck was very good teacher and preacher. Yeah. He was very good exegeter. You know, his exegesis was incredible. He did, he did, he related to the, to the audience, to the, to this hippie culture. He was a bit, you know, being, you know, having some gray hair and bald head. Thank God for bald heads. Uh, <laughs> he was able to be seen as a father and as an accepting, receiving father. And that was an incredible gift. But what happens is we have a tendency as, as pastors and leaders to push our audience into relying on the gifts we are good at and what we're good at and that yeah. we press them to that because that we can control mm. and that we can, we can steer and that we can direct getting them. Lonnie was the one who was being the, and John used to say, John Weber used to say, we've got to have the, not just the proclamation, but the demonstration of the kingdom. And early on, they, they would refer to John and Lonnie as the dynamic duo because John was the proclamation. Lonnie was the demonstration. Now, thank God 
in in doing that, it seems like John Wimber got an impartation from Lonnie on the demonstration. Mm. And I believe that that's what happened. Those aren't words and language that John Wimber would use, but it's language I would use, uh, that he received an impartation by, by seeing that and learning how to provide and make room for the power of the Holy Spirit to move and let Holy Spirit do what Holy Spirit does best. Um, but what ended up happening was that all of a sudden there came this um, uh, shift where that uh, with with uh, Calvary to where that it became, let's stay focused. It, it, and this is not something Chuck would have said. It's what I'm saying about Chuck and about Calvary Chapel. And just using that many, many out there do this. I'm just highlighting them because we're talking about that movie. Uh, but but all of a sudden they they say, well, let's focus on the gift I'm good at, because that I can kind of control, that I can kind of direct, that I can kind of steer, whereas I'm not good at signs and wonders. I'm not good at healing. I'm not good at, you know, uh, interpretation of tongues or interpretation of dreams or the prophetic uh, arena. You know, one of the things I loved about Mike Bickle was Mike Bickle would clearly state, I'm not a prophetic guy. I just pastor them. Mm. And so he, he hosted the prophetic you know, even though he he felt himself as not being somebody who operated in that and opera and functioned in that. But early on, you know, and now, you know, IHOP being a much more of an intercession and prayer movement than that. But, you know, what what Metro uh, Church was known for was was the prophets were there and there was yeah. a there was a home for the prophets Uh and so it was a it, it was wonderful because here was a guy who didn't operate in that area, but he celebrated it. He wasn't mm. threatened by it. And mm. that's what we've got to see people come to. But that's in that movie that that that's the thing that grieved me is that they kind of ended up depicting towards the end Lonnie as being a bit of a loose cannon and interrupting Chuck. Yeah. Something Lonnie, everybody who's known Lonnie would say he never did and never would do. Mm. He respected. Chuck way too much. He would have never interrupted and say, Hey, I got a word of knowledge about a healing here. Let me give that. He would have never done that. Hmm. Um, Lonnie, Lonnie, Lonnie followed and listened to and obeyed Chuck, you know, uh, even, even at times where he had a strong conviction again, at one point, Chuck Smith said, anybody who manifests a demon here, you're not allowed to pray for them for deliverance, but instead call the ambulance. And Lonnie felt very uneasy with that because he knew that the solution wasn't going to be pumping people full of meds or getting them into psych care. Yeah, make it worse. Casting the demon out that was there. But 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 that is something that several, you know, uh, Calvary Chapel pastors said, yep, that's exactly what happened. You know, it's, mm -hmm. and, and it was because it was it was too it was too risky. Now, in Chuck's defense, he had caught a comet by the tail. And he was holding on for dear life. The Jesus revolution and the Jesus movement was just blowing up. Yeah. And he had no idea it would go where it went and do what it did. He had mm -hmm. no idea that what would take place and what would happen. And so I, in his defense, he was, you know, and, and, and the same with, uh, you know, I, I would say about with John Wimber when it came to Lonnie's personal struggles and sin, you know, John didn't know what to do. John, John, you know, back in those days, you didn't know how to handle somebody who had been sexually abused. You didn't even talk about sexual abuse. Yeah, that's not. And pedophilia and things like that. Those are topics we didn't, you don't, you don't address. Yeah. Well, 
that that totally got you know uh it, it, we can look at it now and go man that was really mishandled and that would be a poor Lonnie he was shoved to the side he was hurting he was wounded but you know these guys were doing the best they can with what they knew of at course. the time and so i'm 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 you know i'm i'm also considerate of them in that you know but still it's such a powerful message to the church in God using people like that, that says, I can use anybody. Come on. And I will use anybody with their wounds, with their pains. And some of you right now, you're wondering, can God use me? Because I screwed up too bad. I sinned too much, or I've been in a. God can use you. Is He wanting you to stay in your sin? No. He wants to clean you up, He wants to free you and release you from that. But at the same time, you are not put out to pasture. You are not rejected. God still wants to use you and he's inviting you uh, to stay in that and to, and to continue. May not be, maybe, maybe what you, ha, has happened to you can, can't permit you to be in the pulpit at the time. Maybe you're in a restoration process, but Hey, Walmart, your new pulpit, you know, start <laughs> praying for people. You know, don't, it irritates me when these ministers who have fallen into sin, especially evangelists who go, my ministry got taken away from me. No, it didn't. You know, people are trying to protect the church and making sure you're healthy and that you're walking with Jesus still. That's our job. We got to do that. But it doesn't mean that you can't go pray for people out on the streets. And if you're an evangelist, hello, that should be your number one thing to go to anyway. Mm -hmm. So get back in, do it, share yeah. the gospel, but get back to walking, you know, in purity and holiness and righteousness with Jesus. Yeah. That's place in relationship anyway Absolutely. sorry for that there jeff Just no hey man i think that's good and that kind of segues into the, like the title of this episode which is focus on the holy spirit so yes. i know we don't have a whole lot of mo a whole lot more time but i mean what do you have to say about that it just kind of tying all of this into that focusing on the holy spirit you know, it is, you know, it, like even in the subject matter we were talking about earlier with warfare stop, or, or, or attacks, stopping and saying, Lord, is, is there is your voice in any of this? Is there anything like that? And I, I think in whenever something comes into our lives, you know, people, people, you know, sometimes we who are in charismatic Pentecostal circles and I consider myself uh, more of a Pentecostal than a charismatic because I grew up in a Pentecostal uh, pastor's home and it definitely, you know, had a massive influence on my life and my walk. Um, but having that place of, of always being, you know, willing to say, Holy Spirit move, but, but start with me, you know, uh, in the secret place, Holy Spirit, come and move, come and stir, come and, come and, come and uh, draw me to you, but also in, in our ministry life and our, and, and let's, let's be honest, it's not all going to look the same. You know, right. God's going to do things different. And he does that. I think more than he, more than for the recipient, I think it's for us to stay pliable. I think he'll put us in uncomfortable situations and have us do uncomfortable things to check our hearts, to make sure we're relying in, relying on him and leaning into him versus just, you know, getting off on, you know, what we think is important, mm -hmm. but always stopping and saying, Holy Spirit, you know, one of the things I, I wake up every morning and I say, Lord, help me to pay attention to all the ways you're moving around me mm -hmm. and let me always take the courage to join. 
Never shrink back because of fear. Never shrink back because of what people will think, but always take courage to participate in what you're doing around me and the areas you're moving on people's lives around me. Help me to always step into that and always be in that moment and be present in that moment and be following you in that moment. This is a time, you know, one of the biggest things that Lonnie Frisbee said, one of every, almost every church he'd go to, he said, I'm here to tell you that there's a, there's a message from the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit says, I want my church back. Mm. And that's true. That is true today. I believe that was a direct word from the Lord that Lonnie was speaking. I don't think that was his opinion. I believe Lonnie was hearing clearly from God. The Holy Spirit saying, I want my church back. And it's, and it's not ours to possess. It's not ours to, uh, you know, we, we have stewarding roles, but we have to remember who this church belongs to. We can't abuse the people that are in it because we have to, we have to keep in mind that these are his people. You know, and, 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 you know, of course, you know, uh, many people uh, would be in the prophetic stream and, and we've been the most abused many times in church as that. At the same time, that also keeps us in a sort of Elijah position to be always kind of going away, pulling away, being with God and, and, and restoring that place of relationship within. I think God allows us to be in a bit of isolation, to always keep our shoulder pressing into him mm. and growing in him. And so don't shy away from that. Uh, stay, stay in that place, but also always remember that, you know, uh, the, the, the things that are happening, Lonnie, I, I hope by the end of his life had come to the realization that it wasn't him that people were rejecting, but they were rejecting the Holy Spirit. They were rejecting the move of God. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's very tragic when people do that because they're, again, they're touching the ark and that's a dangerous place to be. And so don't go there yeah. <laughs> in that place of, of always saying, yeah. Holy Spirit, have your way, come here yeah. start with me, have your way and lead. Yeah. And from what it sounds like, just from listening to, to Lonnie's brother and that with Lonnie, it was, there was a lot of rejection issues. I know that there was some, some issues when he was younger with, um, Sexual yeah. And uh, let me just say it this way. He was raped. He was raped by a babysitter multiple times. And listen to this. Listen to this to understand Lonnie's perspective. His mother literally said to him when she when she went when he went and told her about the sexual abuse, his mother said, Well, that kid is a good kid. And he's he's nice, clean, pristine, and sharp. And you need to be more like him. Wow! And man. that imagine the damage and the effect that that had on major damage. You know, he was only nine. He was yeah. eight and nine years old when this was going Horrible. on. Is like, and people yeah. need to realize Satan sees an anointed person. Mm-hmm. Satan can see. You got to remember. I mean, you know, here with Moses's birth and with Jesus's birth, the enemy has a clue that the, a, a redeemer is coming you know, in those, in those people. And he's killing all these people to prevent it. So the enemy starts early uh, to stop and to block the work of God. And so you got to realize, I mean, that that's something that the enemy is plotting when he senses and sees something on somebody's life, that there's something of destiny and purpose that God has. He's going to attack it early and try to destroy it. Mm. And that's what with Lonnie it was it was tragic but uh but for the brokenness and the woundedness that that the caused in Lonnie man did he do a lot with it he did man. he really did and you and know God was pleased to use Lonnie absolutely you know? and that's not an endorsement of the brokenness of his life by, sure. by no means 
uh, a lot of people have been trying to take that and sort of, you know, perpetuate this permission of sin that Lonnie would have been the first to say, nope, that's sin. And what I did was sin and that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Lonnie would have been the first person to say that and to call it out and, and to, uh, to clearly communicate that and to stop and to say, hey, that is not my identity. That is not who I am. Mm-hmm. It's what I fell for. It's bait that I, that I accepted sure. and I should have. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was in, in doing that, I, I think it, it was very mature of him because it could have easily fallen into the trap of going, my sin is who I am. And it's yeah. not. Yeah. And to the credit of what you're saying about, you know, God used Lonnie, my mother-in-law, her, uh, one of her close friends back during the Jesus revolution, she got baptized in the Holy spirit by Lonnie Frisbee. And then she was like, my, my mother's mother-in-law's name is Susan. She's like, Susan, you gotta come back to this house and and you gotta get this guy to pray for you. It's amazing. And so they went there and he was gone that day. And so she ended up getting prayed for by some other people in that house. Uh, but uh, so, I mean, the, and I know there's probably some other people listening who are part of that generation that, that very similar experience, you know, so, um, so it, I just think that there's this tendency within us to look at someone's sin and then we go, you know, uh, we go, well, okay. Uh, then I guess what they did for me didn't mean anything. I guess they, you know, we make it about ourselves, or, or the, Suddenly that makes God's ability to use someone even in their brokenness. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. Um, We make it null and void. And so we see this a lot within church too, where we're like, I've talked to people and they're, I get this illustration a lot, but you know, where they're like, oh, my pastor cheated on his wife. Therefore I'm an atheist now, you know? And I'm like, (laughs) I just think that we need to be a little bit yeah. more like focusing on Jesus. And there's a recognition that people, you know, are in different stages of being whole and healed. And yeah, the yeah. Bible says that we're new creations in Christ. Absolutely. That, but we can't ignore the fact that there is brokenness in people and yeah. that it needs to be healed and that we're being sanctified and all those things. Um, even also- leaders. There's also a lot of brokenness in us as individuals. For instance, if you immediately hear of a pastor leaving ministry, uh, immediately it's like, okay, what sin is he into? You know, did he have an affair? Right. Or, or if or if they, they get a divorce, immediately, oh, they must have had an affair. They must have we immediately go to crediting the enemy for something that may not have anything. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, any of those things that happen, you know, if it's happening not in the best of way, it, you, you know, it, it can be the enemy targeting them. But why do we automatically attribute, you know, something as sin or give the devil credit for something that may just be, you know, uh, you know, hurt and wounds and brokenness in, in people's lives and 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 rush to uh, to minister to that rather than to stop and throw stones at it. We as the church have a lot of growing up to do in that area. And and we we really I feel like we've we've failed in a lot of that. And 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 now granted there's been a lot of people that have screwed up and gone and have had affairs or committed fornication and 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 have had to be disciplined and have and I'm in support of that when that happens. Mm-hmm. But when that's your go-to, you know, immediately in it, that's really a mistake. Do you feel like it's just kind of lackadaisical though? Like people just, it's kind of the same thing when somebody's like, oh man, I've got this, oh man, this demon, like Satan keeps trying to hassle me and making me eat Snickers bars. And I'm like, 
homeboy, dude, you got to master your flesh, which you have is a sugar addiction and you just like <laughs> you need a quick cold turkey, you know? So I do feel like there is that too, or is like a devil behind every bush thing, you know, where we're like, yeah. oh, it's this and it's, you know. Yeah, that, that, is, that is something that we definitely, you know, have fallen into as well. And we, we just got to push that stuff aside and yep. go, hey, let's not give the enemy so much credit. I mean, yeah. you know, he's, he's already doing a, a, lot of, a lot of work. Let's not add to his Come on, man. Yes. <laughs> things that, he, that, that aren't him, but are yeah. just us making stupid decisions or yeah. the best route or something, yep. you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it is interesting, I, 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 you know, what I... I've shared about it on here with you before, but you know, when I, when I got arrested in Afghanistan the last time, uh, not the two previous times, but the yes, last I was gonna time, say you've been arrested multiple times. Multiple, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I remember, uh, you know, later when I was at a, at a, at a church, I think after that, and somebody, somebody came up to me and they said, Oh man, there must've been something in your walk that, that permitted the enemy in to do that. And that permit, and I'm like, well, would you have said that to Paul? Would you have said that to Peter, right. yeah, Hanging, you know, upside down on the cross? Would you, you know, I mean, we, we, again, we sort of immediately go to these unhealthy places and, and rather than stopping and saying, you know, Hey, this was an opportunity for me to, I was able to share the gospel with my jailers. I was able to share the gospel with my torturers, you know, the people that were causing me physical harm and damage and, you know, trying to kill me. You know, I mean, we, we always, always sort of gravitate to the worst case scenario. We, we as a church, we've really got to change that because that's mm -hmm. not, that's not the place that I, I see Jesus operating from, you know, and it's not a place of grace, you know, but yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's just a place we have to grow into and understand. Yeah. And uh, really quick, what, because uh, you mentioned Afghanistan, um, you know, the last time you were on, we were still kind of hot on the heels of all of that that happened and what Biden did. Uh, in Throwing a nation under the bus. Yeah. So yeah. I know that there's stuff still happening um, and, you know, we can't, I don't know how. Sure. I'm trying to be sensitive to your time, uh, but um, it if there's a quick update you could give and also how people can pray, how they, I, I know there's still things going on and we care about these things, yeah. but we tend to treat them as like flavor of the week, even if we care about stuff. And it's like, nobody's talking about it, what's happened in Afghanistan, but stuff is still happening in that country. Right. So, oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the church is strong in Afghanistan, awesome. uh, despite everything that happened, despite everything that uh, some of the people that we, that we rescued, that we got out, we also got back in um, because they wanted to go back. And they were like, you know, um, and, and there was one particular young man. I wish I could tell you his name. I would love to because he has some of the most amazing stories. But, uh, you know, he was he was in a, in a he was uh, in a place. I mean, he would have been a very, very, very high up the list of who the Taliban was seeking to kill. Um, but uh, in talking to him, you know, on the phone while all that was going on and I was like, hey, uh, I'll call him Q for on here. Mm -hmm. I said, hey, Q, uh, I need to get we need to get you out. We need to get you and your family out immediately. And he goes, why? And I said, your life is at risk. You know, you're on the top of the list of who these guys are looking for. And he looks at he, he just looked and he said, he said, Isa Shahi Shahan. And I didn't know what that meant. He was speaking. Jesus, I heard Jesus. Yeah, he's yeah. saying Jesus is King of Kings, mm. 
And he said, he goes, the Taliban isn't. He goes, that man you have in your white building, he isn't. Jesus is. And Jesus is here in Afghanistan, Amen. and I will stay here. Amen. And this guy, he's in his late 20s. He's not that old. Yeah. Wow, dude, man. That guy has done so much for the kingdom there in the midst of all this. He has been brazen and stepping out in the most amazing ways. But the work is continuing to go on. Church House, house churches are continuing to plant. If anything, it pushed people more into wanting to know more about Jesus. Mm. And it pushed people more into seeking exactly what it's, what's taking place in Iran, you know, which is where I started out working in that part of the world. Mm -hmm. um, but it has pushed people into even further. I mean, right now we've, we, we were just able to finally put out there, we've, we've even, we're even planting now schools uh, you know, because they, again, the Taliban swore that they would never restrict any females from education. Well, within a month, they made it against the law for females to continue in their education. And so uh, we've started schools that are mainly targeting, I can't say which particular group, but maybe tar targeting a particular group of people where we're teaching, you know, boys and girls in school that are that are hungry. And these particular group would never get an education at all like many many of this particular group don't even know how to read and write and so um and of course all of that is very much a christian education we're teaching them the bible we're teaching them scripture we're using the bible stories to uh to to you know uh you know teach them to read and teach them how to do things and so uh it's it's uh, we've now i think just planted our third school uh underground school wow. and so um yeah we need your prayers for that you know um even putting this out here right now as a risk in saying it, but it's, uh, but they're going very well and God is really using them. And so we're, we're continuing to see the churches planted, but also now, you know, planting some schools for boys and girls uh, to start out early and teaching them about Christ and, and giving them, you know, an understanding. And you have to realize this is a nation where that if they find you have a Christmas tree in your house of any form, you're dead. You know, Whoa. I mean, that's how serious it is. I'm not talking about just a crot. I'm talking just a, just even a Christmas tree. You know, uh, wow. they will kill you for that. So um, it's it's a very interesting time. And, and God is really doing a lot there. And and just to touch on, too, with Iran, you know, with all the protests that were happening over the hijab, you know, uh, women not wanting to wear the head covering um, uh, since uh, her name skips. I normally don't forget her name, but her name and this is miss my mind right now. But uh, where they they killed the the uh, morality police killed her uh, by beating her to death, um, you know, for not for just showing part of her hair, which is a very common thing in Afghanistan. That's not common. You would cover everything, but in in Iran, it's it's not unusual for them to show part of their hair. But she was in a particular conservative part of the country, more. Islamic conservatism, and uh, they ended up uh, arresting her and, and ended up killing her. And that sparked all of this, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, people going into uh, protesting and standing up. They, they killed, I think they executed. Masa Amini. Was the Masha Amini. Yeah. Masha Amini. Masha Amini. Uh, they ended up killing, um, I think, 11 people now. They executed 11 different people, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and most of Man. them males. Um, 
and and many of those are Christians. That's not publicly known. Many of those are Christians that that were executed, um, but they were they were standing up and speaking out, uh, you know, against uh, the Islamic regime and the Ayatollahs. You know, there there so much of Iran does not want the Ayatollah uh, running the the Ayatollah. Yeah, I've heard that from other missionary friends in the country. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize the Ayatollah Khomeini killed more people in his first year than the Shah had killed in his entire reign. Whoa. And I mean, and that the purpose of the revolution that occurred in 1979 was because of the Shah. And yet the Ayatollah Khomeini ended up killing far more than uh, the Shah ever had executed in wow. his, the entirety of his reign. Yeah. So it, it is a it, it, there is, but the church is exploding in Iran and it's growing stronger. The, the more they persecute, the, 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 the faster it grows, you know, mm. um, as Tertullian, you know, said, you know, the blood of the martyrs is a seed, you know, mm -hmm. and um, it just grows so fast. And the same is happening in Afghanistan. So we're still transporting people out of Afghanistan. Uh, we've got about 25 right now as we speak that we're working on getting them to awesome. another country. Um, but, um, but it's, but at the same time, many of those, even ones we brought here to the United States are all saying, I want to go back. They don't want to stay here. They want to go back to their country and, and, and go back to planting churches and go back to uh, sharing the gospel. And so our Afghanistan will be a Christian nation. You mark my word. Amen. Amen. I love it. All right. Well, Robbie, um, I would love for you to just pray for people. I know we talked a lot about, um, especially with leaders um, that maybe feel like they can't, they don't have the freedom to ex express the areas that they've failed in, or even there's pride there. And there's, you know, they're like, oh no, I, I have to insulate and I have to protect myself because if I don't show them doing everything right, then people are going to think that I'm not right for the job, all that stuff. We talked about a lot of other things. So just pray as you feel led, uh, but definitely that as well. Before I do that, let me just tell you, Jeff, the whole time the Lord, Holy Spirit's been saying something to me about you, oh. uh, and there's a book in you. Um, I don't know if that's it. You've got it. It's there. Dude, I've done that so many times in the past, like two or three weeks. Not even joking, man. It's true. It's true. You're pregnant. You're pregnant with a book. So okay. let me put it that way. I'll just give that to you as a word. Uh, Woo, but okay. I'm glad to say that. Um, for everybody, Father, I just pray just for again, that we would never succumb to the intimidation of the enemy, whether that's through flawed leaders, whether that's through broken people, whether that's through naysayers or critics or even family members that are resisting us, calling us crazy, whatever the, whatever the case may be. I just pray, Lord, that you would just free us from that the fear of man and the fear of the consequences of men's opinions and, and people's opinions that could hurt us or wound us. I pray, Father, Lord, all the all the all the time, the many voices uh, did not have one encouraging voice that said we could work in Afghanistan or Iran. Everyone telling us, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. But Lord, that's how we knew it was you. And I pray that there's some people right now that you've been hearing. No, 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 no. But yet, you know, there's a God. Yes. And follow the God. Yes. And not the man's no. Um, and I just pray, Lord, that we would just take courage to do that, that we would shake off the fear, shake off those things. And if there is anybody here that is struggling with talking about ministers who have fallen, whether, whether the, the people in ministry or not, if they're currently in sin, uh, Lord, to just 
just simply come and just confess it and say to you, Lord, forgive me and cleanse me and, and help me break this uh, habitual addiction, if it is that, uh, to, to this particular area or whatever the case may be. And to know that we are clean and cleansed and forgiven and to get back into doing the work of the kingdom and to, to step back into whether that's in a church or out on the street or with a neighbor. Uh, Lord, help us to expand our thinking away from thinking that the pulpit's the goal and to see the the the, the unbeliever as the goal, uh, to see every Muslim as a as a God opportunity to, to love them into a powerful relationship with Jesus Christ and seeing him as the son of God, as the true uh, one to worship and to adore for the sacrifice given. But Father, I just pray for everybody that they would be emboldened in their faith, that they would step out and courageously operate from that place and anyone who's being shut down in, in the move of the spirit that's happening in their life or or something's happening and, and their, their church community is trying to squash that or squelch that, Lord, just to not be bound by that, but to obey you. Ought we to obey God rather than men? Father, we, we don't want to operate in rebellion, but we do want to operate in the freedom of the spirit because Christ has set us free for that purpose. So I pray for that encouragement and that healing and that work and anybody struggling with any sexual sin again as we mentioned just to turn around just to walk away and say lord cleanse me heal me forgive me and let me get back into that that place of of of, of following you in hot pursuit of you in jesus mighty name amen 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 robbie how can people follow you how can well, they listen to the podcast yeah. all that good stuff uh, social media. I'm on Instagram, on Facebook, and and you know we we put out the when the podcasts drop. Uh, you can follow my YouTube channel, uh, just Robbie Dawkins, uh, and go on there. You can see you know here uh, RobbieDawkins.com is our website uh, where we have resources and things that people can you know go to train and equip and prophetic healing, deliverance, ministry, and manifest presence. Predominantly focused on bringing people to Christ through those is what we, uh, you know, most of what we're our equipping is geared to. Uh, and so anyway, but feel free to do that and sign up for our newsletter and you'll, you'll we'll keep you posted on what uh, trouble I'm getting in next. <laughs> and there will be trouble. Absolutely. That's right. um, yeah. So everybody, there's a link to the Spotify um, radical radio with Robbie Dawkins in the description, but there's also a link to his YouTube. And if you prefer YouTube and the visual experience, if you navigate over to the playlist tab on his channel on YouTube, you will see the playlist of all of the radical radio episodes there. And he adds new ones every single time a new episode drops. So Robbie Dawkins, thank you so much, man. This was awesome. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Absolutely. It's been a privilege. Absolutely. Okay, everybody, that's our show. Have a blessed Thursday. Join us tomorrow. Where we've got revivalist Rayma Trainer back. She's back. Amazing teacher. Uh, so it's going to be great. Great episode. That'll be tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also, ElijahFire.com slash donate is how you donate to this. All proceeds go to keeping this five days a week. And then we take a portion of everything and we put it into the water wells, new water well every three days, transform these communities. That's because of your guys' donations and your generosity. God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow with Rayma Trainer. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 